What is good, yo? I hope y'all is ready for this scripture study today. Oh man, God has shown me some sweet stuff in this word and I'm so excited to share it with you. Hey, real quick, if you ready for this word and you ready to learn and receive what God has given us in this text, go ahead and share this with somebody else because the word of God is not meant to be kept to ourselves. It's meant to be shared so other people can find revelation as well. But today we reading out of Acts chapter 3, 1 through 11. We getting into it. We got some good stuff. So let's go. Verse 1. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. The first thing that caught my eye is the context of the situation. Here we have a man who was lame from birth. What does that mean? That means he can't walk. He's unable to, to feel his legs, move his legs. He's lame. And so he was stuck with this situation from the very beginning. And so each day he's put beside the temple gate so he can beg. And this is his routine. And I put myself in his shoes for a moment because I thought, how lucky are we that, that we don't have to sit outside of heavily trafficked areas begging for money. But this is a beautiful example of our lives before Jesus, of how we had to operate before Jesus, because here he's sitting outside the temple. We're going to talk about the temple a little bit later, but the temple was a place where God dwelled. It was a place for God's presence to, to, to stay in. And so here he is sitting out of a place where God dwelled. He could not get in to the place where God dwelled begging for something. And isn't that an example of what we look like before Jesus? Doing everything we can to try and get into God's presence, but we just weren't good enough. And because the sacrifice that Jesus made, we were able to be in his presence and we didn't have to sit outside of it like this man is in this story. And isn't it ironic that he was set by the gate called beautiful? This was interesting to me because I don't think it was an accident that they added the name of this gate. They could have just said any gate and it would have worked, right? You would have still got the story. But I think it's important that they added the word beautiful gate. And I think it's there to contrast the irony of a man who found himself in an ugly situation being placed next to something beautiful. So on to verse four, Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, Look at us. He wasn't playing. He yelled at him. He even had an exclamation point in the text. He said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. What's interesting here is that Peter and John's plans got interrupted, right? Because they were supposed to be going to a prayer service at three o'clock. They had, it, they had it on the calendar, right? They had it in their Apple calendar. They were ready to go at three o'clock, but their plans got interrupted because here, This man stopped them to ask them for some money. And one thing I've implemented in my life is I've started to pray that God interrupts my day. I know that sounds weird, right? Because we like to have our plan set out. We like to know what we're doing here, who we meet and when, what we're doing for dinner. We like to have all these things planned out, right? But what I've seen so often in God's word 
is that the biggest blessings that that the people that he uses can be, those blessings are found when he interrupts their plans. It is it is rare. It is so rare in the Bible that people's plans happen the way that they planned them. Time and time again, God interrupts their plans, the plans that they had for the day, the plans that they have for their family, the plans that they have for their life. Time and time again, God interrupts the plans that his people had so he can use them to be a blessing. So the prayer that I've been praying is God interrupt my day. I don't care if you have to switch up the plans that I had. Interrupt me if it means that I can be a blessing to someone else. And so this is something that we can implement in our life is start starting to pray that prayer. God interrupt my day. Because for Peter and John, this was an interruption. For for just people, human beings, when God wants to use us, it interrupts the plans that we have. But for Jesus, our Savior, he was never interrupted. This man would have never caught Jesus off guard. Jesus would have saw this coming. What I'm trying to get you to see is that that if we have a problem, if we have a situation where we look like this man begging for just something, we know that we have a savior that we can go to and we're not going to interrupt his plans. We're not going to interrupt his day. We're not going to interrupt a business meeting that he got with the angels up in heaven. When we need to come to God, God is never interrupted by what we need. But he asked them for money. He asked them for money. And this is, this is weird. It was weird to me because you're, you're, you're sitting outside of a temple and you have a situation that is far worse than your lack of money. You're lame. You can't walk. You would think that what he would be begging for is what he really needed. But instead he begged for something monetary. He begged for something physical. He begged for something that eventually would leave him. And it made me wonder, it made me wonder if often in our lives we're like this man, where what we're begging for is what we think we want, but it's not what we need. What we're begging for is that God provide us in some way, but but we're missing out on begging for the very thing that we need. This man, what he needed was the ability to walk, but he was begging for money. And so often in our lives, we can be blind to what we actually need. On to verse six. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. I ain't got no money, dog. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. What, what I want us to see here in this verse, this is really important, is that not all blessings have to be material. Not all blessings have to come in the form of money. I think we we have it misconstrued that if we are to bless someone, when we hear, hey man, be a blessing to them, we think that we have to give them money. We think that blessing comes in the form of something monetary or something physical that we can actually give them or buy them or purchase. But what we see here is that the blessing that Peter gave this man was not one that was 
made of money because he ain't had no silver or gold. The blessing that he gave him was something that was unexpected. It was something that was unconventional. He gave him a blessing of healing. He gave him a blessing of speaking healing in the name of Jesus Christ over this man. See, what we need to see is that that when God calls you to be a blessing, when God interrupts your day, it may not be that you have to give someone money. It may just be that you need to speak life into someone's situation or that you need to be there in their time of need or that they need a shoulder to cry on. I just want to challenge you to, to think of ways that you can bless people that don't involve money. Think of personal ways that you can help someone, that you can impact someone that isn't with material things because that's what Peter did for this man. So verse seven, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. I want to look at verse seven again, because there's a really really important detail. And once again, this word was not added. This detail was not just in there for the sake of being in there. It's important. And it's the fact that he picked up the the lame man by his right hand. His right hand, that's important. The right hand is an important detail because in the Bible and in scripture, blessings were given with the right hand. Protection was given by God with his right hand. The right hand holds so much semblance in scripture that it's no it's no mistake that it was added here. Look, look. This is what uh this is what Isaiah 41 verse 10 and verse 13 says about the right hand. This is how important it is. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah uh, 41, 13, for I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. The right hand is a symbol of protection. Here's some more. Psalm 16, verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalms 18, 35, you make your saving help, help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. The right hand is an important detail. And I love that they added that in here. But look what happens when when Peter reaches down, speaks healing over this man and helps him up. He becomes instantly healed. He finds provision when he is in the presence of those that have the power of God on their side. See, by his own power, he couldn't do anything. By his own power, he was begging for money. And he had been doing that his whole life. I don't know how long. It could have easily been 14 years, 30 years, 50. Who knows? But, but nothing that he was doing on his own was working. But the second that the power of God was placed into his situation, he, he found provision that he could not find on his own. And it happened at the temple. This is important, and this is something I want to focus on for a while. It happened at the temple. The temple was a place where people could encounter God. The temple is a place where God dwelled. This is why God had up uh, had uh, Moses and the Israelites set up 
the tabernacle. It was so he could have a physical place where he could dwell. So the temple is very important, especially at this time. The temple was very important. But here's the problem. And here's what I started to learn is that he was sitting outside of the temple because he couldn't enter it. He couldn't enter the temple. See, when I was first reading this text, my first thought was that he didn't go into the temple because he didn't want to. Like, like my thought process was, if you were like, why would you not go into the temple? Like you think that you would want to go into the temple. You're sitting outside of it though. And, and I was going to make a correlation to how you would think that our first response when we are in need is to go to God and how the man was not going to God in his time of need. But what I missed something. And so I did some research because the temple is very, very important. It is such a strong symbol. But there was a lot of laws and rules in place that actually stopped this man from entering the temple. Check out Leviticus 21, verse 17. This is God having Moses give instructions to Aaron about what to do with priests when it comes to the tab tabernacle. Check this out. It says, give the following instructions to Aaron. In all future generations, none of your descendants who has any defect will qualify to offer food to his God. No one who has a defect qualifies, whether he is blind, lame, just like the man here, disfigured, deformed, or has a broken foot or arm, or is hunchbacked or dwarfed, or has a defective eye or skin sores or scabs or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron who has a defect may approach the altar to present special gifts to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he may not approach the altar to offer food to his God. That's, that's tough. That's tough. If you have any defect, you could not approach God. You could not be in his presence because of the defect. So this is one thing that has been set in stone that is holding this man back from being able to be closer to God's presence. But I did some more digging. What I learned is that there, there's a, a book in Jewish tradition called the, I'm about to butcher, I'm about to butcher this, called the Mishnah Kalim. And this is a tradition that contains laws of purity for tabernacle. Um, and there's different levels of holiness. And there's different levels that you, you can't have any defect to enter these. And this was, this was law at this time in this culture. And in this law, it instructed blind and lame people to not be able, able to enter the temple. So he's already in a situation where he cannot enter the temple. Not even if he wanted, he wasn't allowed. So the question I asked myself was, why would you go to the temple every day if you weren't even allowed in and you knew this? Why, why would you, why would you go if you knew you had no chance to get in? That'd be like me going to, to Walmart, knowing I'm not allowed in. It's like they said, Dante, you can't come into Walmart. You're banned. It'd be like me sitting outside of Walmart every single day, knowing I can't get in. It didn't make any sense to me. But what God showed me is that he went every day, time and time again, because he had no other choice. He was desperate. That's why he would beg. He was desperate. He had no other choice because what you have to understand is, is that this man could not walk. And in this culture, one of the main ways to make a living and to be able to support yourself was by doing physical labor. And he was unable to. 
So he was desperate. He was desperate. And this story reiterates the importance of the temple, but it reiterates the importance that Jesus came to become the temple. And I want to share with you a few verses as to why this is so important. Because Jesus becoming the temple allowed this man to be set free from the afflictions that was on his life. Check out John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is huge. Because before Jesus, God could only dwell in the tabernacle. He could only dwell in the temple. And Jesus coming to earth meant that God actually dwelled among us. Meant that we no longer had to go to a certain spot to be close to God because God came down to us. And in the next chapter, in John chapter 2 and verse 19, this is what Jesus said. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it. And he was talking about his own body. Jesus became the temple. He became what the temple was supposed to be. He became what the temple could never be, but was supposed to be. Because he was dwelling among us. And his presence was among all of us so that we no longer had to have laws of purity where we could no longer be close to God. And look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So when Peter said to this man, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have is is the power of Jesus Christ to heal you. Peter was able to speak with that authority and with that power because Jesus dwelled with him, because Jesus was word became flesh and he dwelled among us. And because of what he did and because of his sacrifice, we became the temple that the temple could never actually be. Because of Jesus, God's presence was no longer limited to a physical building. And so since the man could not enter the temple, they brought the temple to him. Ooh, that is so good. Since he could not enter the temple because he had issues, because he had deformity, because he could not enter into God's presence, they got they brought God's presence to him. One thing that, that's kind of interesting here is that one of the reasons why, why a lot of people believe that the laws barred him from going into the temple by the laws barred people who were blind and lame from going into the temple is because the way the temple was set up is there was courts that looked inside where you could see your offering being made. And so you had to be able to see your offering being made. And if you're blind or if you're lame, you could not see or get to the level to see your offering being made. And I just thought it was cool that since he couldn't see his offering, they gave him the offering of healing. And salvation. That's so cool. That's so cool. Let's end it off with the next two verses. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the scripture. Lord, I thank you for showing some awesome things in this text and showing how badly we needed you 
to be our savior and our sacrifice so that we no longer have to go to a temple to be in your presence because you brought the temple to us. Lord, we thank you so much for these revelations. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all, I hope y'all enjoyed this scripture study. We will be doing more of these and we're going to be coming back with the message next week. I hope y'all have a great day. Peace out.